0: With most Americans sheltering in place at home due to COVID-19, sales of alcohol are rising. Although public health experts probably aren't too crazy about this trend, there are some sectors of agriculture that might be okay with it, assuming, of course, you drink responsibly. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Rural Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Adam Albrecht, and today we're joined by Eric Santarude, who is the founding farmer of Mighty Axe Hops in central Minnesota. Welcome to the podcast, Eric.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: We're speaking during an international pandemic. How is COVID-19 impacting you?
1: It's been, uh, it's been tough. As much as people are buying more alcohol at the stores, a lot of our main customers are the smaller craft brewers who primarily rely on sales out of their front door. And uh, those sales are significantly off for most of our customers. So, yeah, we're weathering the storm as best we can.
0: With all the shelter-in-place orders that are going on right now, have you joined the millions of other Americans who are trying to hop online or watch a streaming service to kind of kill the boredom?
1: No, we're lucky to uh, have a home farm that we live on, and we get to spend most of our time still doing productive stuff.
0: Yeah, so social distancing really isn't too big of a problem for you, then?
1: No, no, not a problem. It's, it's, it's nice. It's quieter around here, too. Less cars driving by.
0: So tell us about Mighty Axe Hops. When did you start, and, and what does your operation look like?
1: Yeah, Mighty X Hops, we uh, started back in 2012, give or take. It's in our seventh season, and we grow 80 acres of conventional hops in uh, Foley, Minnesota.
0: So what got you interested in growing hops?
1: Well, we, uh, we liked beer. My co-founder, <laughs> Ben, and I, uh, friends in college, we liked craft beer. Craft beer is pretty new. Not new, like 1980s new, but like new to being a thing that was gaining market share, new. And uh, we also were into farming. I had done a CSA vegetable farm uh, the season before we started the hops, and he had a degree in horticulture. So we wanted to kind of apply our knowledge, and we started growing with like 20 plants. That's what you could easily grow in your backyard.
0: So how many variations of hops can you fit on 80 acres?
1: We have uh, 13 varieties that we grow on the 80, but I mean, you could do unlimited on 80 acres, right? Just how many plants you want to each.
0: (laughs) Right. And and 80 acres, is that large? Is that small? Where does that acreage amount fall in the world of hops?
1: Yeah, 80 acres means that we're, uh, we're very small. We are about a tenth of the size of the usual American farm. Most hops in America are grown in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho in the Pacific Northwest. And at 80 acres, we're nothing compared to them. But at the same time, we're the largest farm between Michigan and Idaho in the entire center of the country. So hop growing is, is extremely regional.
0: So take us through the life cycle of hops. When do you typically plant? What's the growing season like? And when do you typically harvest?
1: Yeah, hops are a perennial, which means that they come back every year. So uh, in Minnesota, it means they come up, you know, here it depends on the spring, right? But sometime in May and harvest for us in minnesota is almost always starts the second to last week of august and runs mostly through september those times change based on where you grow them because they're very sun dependent you know for example on the pacific northwest they start doing their spring work as early as march and they'll harvest into october early october harvest season is actually relatively similar but uh yeah your the timing of your season is is Different, being that they're a perennial crop. Uh, You know, you're not just planting when the soil's warm like my neighbor is today. Uh, They come up when they're ready.
0: Are hops easy to grow here in the Midwest? You mentioned that a lot of hops are grown out on the Pacific Northwest. Uh, What does that mean for us here in this part of the country?
1: You know, hops are, uh, I mean, easy or hard is pretty hard to say. It's, if you were trying to grow hops for maximum yield, you would do what everyone else does and grow them out West. That is the best climate in America for growing hops. That's why they're all out there. But the biggest hop-growing regions used to be New York State and Wisconsin. So, you know, it's possible to grow hops in a lot of different spaces in America. But the best place is certainly in the temperate deserts of the Pacific Northwest. So this isn't like rainy Seattle. This is the dry side of the mountains uh, in the eastern parts of those states generally.
0: You think of a lot of hop varieties that are grown in Europe. Germany, for example, comes to mind, how does that climate compare to growing hops here?
1: Yeah, Germany's a lot more similar to here than the Pacific Northwest is to Germany. So, you know, people always ask, at least when we first got started, people were surprised that you could even grow hops in the Midwest, given, you know, we're kind of used to not being able to grow really the flashy stuff, you know, like bananas, avocados, hops, we probably, well, we can't grow hops, those are too fun. Uh, but absolutely, you can grow hops in the Midwest
0: how much of an impact does something like soil composition have on the hop
1: i mean you're looking for what everything else is looking for you want it you don't want it to be too light you don't want to be too heavy nice black soil would be excellent um, well-drained is very important but ultimately it's your growing practices and the weather patterns that are going to be more important to your hop crop from a flavor and flavor characteristic perspective there certainly is like the influence of terroir it is very prevalent in hops. And that's something that we're very invested in, in researching and kind of communicating to our brewers. And it's the thing that I think is a big opportunity for craft beer to really embrace the, you know, the appellation, the source, the, the location of where their ingredients came from and how that may or may not you know, create unique flavor experiences for the consumer, much like we see in wine or cheese.
0: Hops are super neat in that they grow vertically could you talk about what's needed in terms of equipment and materials to make a hops farm run?
1: Yeah, yeah it's a lot. Uh, hops are an extremely capital-intensive crop in order to do them for a commercial venture. We talk to people all the time. who are like, yeah, I got, you know, 10 acres, 50 acres, 3 acres in the back that I want to put some hops on. You know, I'm thinking about retiring. This is not the crop for retiring. <laughs> this is not the crop for casually growing it and earning a side income, it's not a good enterprise crop, it's an all or nothing crop. The trellises, like you mentioned, uh, in America hops grow 18 foot tall, so you have quite a bit of investment in telephone poles, cable, and wire. Then beyond that, the big expense is actually in the harvesting. You need a special hop picker, kind of like a threshing machine, hop drying equipment, pelleting, packaging, to do it all yourself. The price tag really gets up there in order to do it right and meet the quality that brewers expect.
0: Where's that point between where you could manually harvest versus having to have some type of equipment?
1: Uh, the rough the rough math is it takes one person, oh, I don't remember these off the top of my head, one person, one hour to pick one vine by hand. Vine is you know the, the name of the growing structure of the plant to pick the flowers off. On a quarter acre, you have 250 vines. So... Basically, and we have a grower's guide on our website that kind of talks about a quarter acre scale and what that looks like and walks through, you know, where, how to design your trellis, where to get stuff, yada, 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 talks about the labor involved in different aspects of the process. And uh, yeah, basically a quarter acre is about where you top out from a being able to do it manually perspective.
0: So that sounds like a great resource on your website. When you first got into this, did you speak with other people within the industry, or did you come across other resources?
1: Well, that's part of why we created the guide, which is free, by the way. It's just like small scale hops. Even what we're doing would be considered by the industry small scale. Um, There's really not that many of us doing it. There's a couple of growers in Michigan, one in Indiana. But really, we're uh, all kind of learning as we go. You know how to design a trellis? That's really well figured out. Just follow the recipe. But how to grow hops in your unique region, that's just up to you to figure out. And then on top of that, I think it's even more important to understand what hop quality means and how to market your crop. Because as a smaller grower or someone who's not selling through the big brokers, you know, that's on you as well. So I think that's really where the opportunity is, though, for smaller regional growers is in doing their own marketing for being... You know, vertically integrated like that and being able to tell a different story and, and deliver different qualities than uh, what, you know, brewers can usually get.
0: Are these plants susceptible to many diseases?
1: They're um, extremely susceptible to downy and powdery mildew. And if you grow hops, you need to have a plan for how you're going to manage that. It's very difficult to do to grow hops organically, at least at scale and with a commercial yield. And that's partly because of the lack of of good fungicide options in an organic operation. But if you grow hops, you must have a plan and you must be preventively spraying for downy and powdery mildews or you will uh, lose your investment.
0: (laughs) If a hard winter sets in or some type of disease comes around, is there any type of crop insurance available for hops farmers?
1: There is not government crop insurance for hops. There is private crop insurance But that's currently only offered in the in the states that i mentioned before washington oregon and idaho so for growers outside of those states we're all trying to kind of find our own ways to piece together some amount of insurance so it's very risky crop to be in
0: you mentioned harvesting and drying could you walk us through the drying process and how that works
1: yeah so uh, we use a german or european style drying system which is three tiers uh, so three levels um the, the hops are in it for five to six hours depending on their moisture when they come in. We dry them all down to 10.5% moisture, and then, then they go on for baling. So drying is a very important part in the quality. It's where you're taking it you know, from fresh to storable, and how you dry can have a very big influence on the quality of your hops.
0: How long did it take you guys to really get the drying process down?
1: Yeah, yeah, we... Uh, with with the equipment that we purchased from, from Germany, it took a, you know, they come in and train you in on it, but it took a couple seasons to really feel comfortable with it. And now that we're heading into our, uh, man, I think our fourth harvest season with that equipment, I'm very comfortable and we have kind of some of the tricks figured out and feel very good about operating it and getting a really high quality product at the end of it.
0: Where do your hops go after they leave the farm? Where do you market and, and what does that really look like?
1: Yeah, so we do, like I mentioned earlier, we do all of our own marketing. So I'm out there meeting with brewers, interacting with brewers on social media, on the internet, fielding calls. I got a call yesterday from a guy from Rhode Island who really likes our stuff. And, you know, it means all that, all that means the world to me as a hop farmer. You know, I love being able to interact with my customers, work with them on recipes. You know, they come to me and say, Eric, you know, I really want to make a beer that does this. Or I want to use hops that accomplish that and um, being able to work with them to you know create custom blends or, or introduce them to what you know my experience has been with our hops and other beers is a really highlight of my job how do you get the word
0: out about your hops that are available specifically thinking about way out there in rhode island
1: it's kind of a matter i mean it's it's having a strong brand and marketing presence I'm, you know i'm a younger guy kind of been a part of the craft beer you know a fan of craft beer for a long time and so like I kind of see how it operates, how people brand and market there. And we've done our best to mimic, to the extent possible, mimic what is successful in craft beer and apply that to our farm. You know, I'm not selling a six pack of beer to someone on a shelf, but I am selling to someone who brands themselves like that. And we really try to focus in on the relationship aspect that's so prevalent in craft beer and look to have smaller less numbers of customers, but have a stronger relationship with them.
0: When a brewery contacts you and says, Eric, we'd like to use your hops in a new beer that we're putting together. Do you typically get an advanced tasting?
1: <laughs> not always, not always. There's a lot of beers with their hops coming out all the time. I try my best to keep up with it and promote them on our social media and, uh, you know, of course, get tastes myself. I mean, it. it's the joke is like, you know, market research, haha, drinking for your job, but it is so important that us as hop farmers understand what our end product is like when I mean, we have to be the expert in our hops no one's going to do that for us you know I think I met someone once who said they were growing hops but that they don't drink beer and I was like yeah that's like that's fine you don't have to drink beer but why would you you know uh, I just don't know I, yeah. I think that that's uh you really have to know your beer in order to know your hops so when
0: you go out and taste test with other beers using different varieties of hops that you don't grow. Are you always on the lookout for something different or different types of possibilities?
1: Oh, I'd love to be expanding and adding more varieties to our our menu. I think that the direction of craft beer is in more diversity, more and more breweries, but smaller average size of brewery. And that means more brewers with different palates expressing different qualities of beer. And I think that's really good for the industry as a whole to have more diversity in flavors and aromas and what hops are being used and where they're coming from it builds resiliency and it also kind of to me craft beer is about creativity and not being the same this kind of a punk punk rock aspect to it that started way back when it began and i think that that's really important even though it's it's kind of here to stay and it's this big old economic powerhouse now that creativity and and punk punk attitude is what is going to keep us growing and relevant as an industry.
0: Do you have to have some type of special palate to taste the different flavors, or does that eventually become an acquired taste?
1: Oh, I think, I mean, certainly I don't have the best palate. (laughs) I lean on people around me who can be much more descriptive. But I try to hit on kind of broad ideas. I don't try to say like, oh, this tastes like mandarin oranges. Uh, I just want to say like, this tastes like citrus. And is it fresh citrus, or is it like, Uh, citrus juice or rind, I try to get to that level because that is something that having broad categories like that that you can pick out allows you to like categorize things and start to identify hops that are in a beer and identify if I know the recipe of the beer and what hops are in it, how the hops are utilized, you know, start to figure out. So this is how if you use our hops this way in this kind of beer, you get this flavor. And so when a brewer comes to me and it's like, hey, I want to use these hops. What can you tell me about them? I can say, well, here's my experience with, you know, brewed product. So, like I said, you have to be your own expert in your own hops.
0: As a hops farmer, how hoppy do you prefer your beer to be? And do you have a favorite hops variety?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I love all beer, but certainly IPAs are my favorite style in general. And I think my favorite hop variety is uh, Cascade. Uh, it's kind of the old grandpa hop brewers these days don't think Cascade is very cool but one of our best-selling hops is Cascade. And what we're able to do with it because of the terroir of it being grown by us, how we grow it, how we handle it during harvesting, we're able to create a really special kind of uh, flavor experience that is absolutely not what our customers expect from Cascade when they read the label. And I think that magic of subverting expectations and bringing new life to a variety of hops that people wrote off as like boring, is the promise of having more regional local hop farms, more people growing hops and experimenting and exploring what these different varieties can do in different circumstances. I like to think about it as just giving more paint colors to the painters. And um, I love seeing what brewers are able to do with it.
0: We think about beer when we talk about hops, but is this crop used for anything outside of alcoholic beverages,
1: not really. Uh, something like 99.9 plus percent of hop production goes into beer. It has some corner uses in uh, body care products. It's a good natural preservative in certain products. It doesn't have like feed value. In fact, I had someone ask me the other day about the nutritional content, like calories, protein, fiber. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. So uh, no, it really is. For hops, hops are all about beer. As you look at
0: this industry, what do you feel it will look like in the next 10 years? Will more people get into it as the craft beer scene matures?
1: That's really up to the brewers and ultimately beer consumers. We have very strong success with our beers. You know, consumers like to buy something local. Brewers like our product. And I think if consumers are demanding local ingredients, we'll have more local ingredients. Ultimately, the direction of the overall industry is led by the largest brewers um, and the trends that they're following and that they're brewing to. But there's so much room now with a number of craft breweries for, like I said earlier, creative uh, individualist brewers to make a big impact by sourcing local ingredients, regional ingredients, unique ingredients. And for me, I don't know. I don't think that those small guys are gonna become the new big guys, but I think that there could be a sizable niche in craft beer for something off the beaten path, something more creative, more innovative, more punk than uh, churning out kind of the same styles of IPAs over and over. And that's what gets me excited, is finding those creative brewing individuals who want to explore what it means. To brew local craft beer or explore what hop characteristics are possible
0: is there anything else that we haven't covered here today that you would like to say about growing hops the hops industry or or beer
1: <laughs> there's a whole lot more we could talk about but i think you know ultimately uh, if you're thinking about growing hops really consider what your goals are are you trying to do that for a living are you trying to do it for a little bit of income or are you doing it to just do it and have fun you're trying to do some home brewing and make sure that, that your your end goal aligns with the amount of hops you're growing and, and the investment that you're making. I hate seeing folks uh, get in you know, at a sizable scale for them, and then a couple of years later they're out because there's some unrealized difficulties. And uh, hops can be a beautiful crop to grow. They look incredible when they're nice and full. And it could be incredibly rewarding as well to grow this special crop, have it have its flavor be highlighted in a beer and then have people enjoy that beer.
0: Final question for you, Eric Where can people go to find out more information about your farm or maybe some of the beer varieties that use your hops?
1: Uh, yeah, that's all available at mightyaxhops.com or Mighty Axe Hops anywhere on the internet.
0: Eric, thank you very much for a great conversation and joining us today.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me,
0: Adam. That's Eric Santarude, founding farmer of the Mighty Axe Hops Farm. That's a wrap for this episode of the Rural Perspectives podcast, which is a production of Egg Country Farm Credit Services. To get more great content, please visit www.eggcountry.com.